Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the entire universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will. It feels good to say that. Welcome back into another edition of the 4th Man Pod. Will, how are you doing over there? I'm doing great, Anthony. How are you? Uh, I know it's been a while. I feel like it's been sort of an eventful month for both of us, maybe outside of the Big 3. <laughs> but I'm, I'm super excited that we're able to be back, and this episode's been a long time coming, so I'm happy. Absolutely. It's now the fourth man overseas edition, at least for half of us here and at least for the upcoming months here as I am now in Spain. So it's definitely been eventful on my end. And then obviously you got a lot going on with your end, you being back in school. But we're back in the swing of things, I feel like, and we're finally able to, to drop another episode. We appreciate everyone who's tuning in and continues to follow us and support us. We appreciate it. If you want to find the show on Twitter or on Instagram, or, or on TikTok. It's at 4th Man Pod. Personal handles at A underscore Siggy, and of course at Big3News. And if you're tuning in on Dash Radio, we appreciate you tuning in each and every Saturday here on the Nothing But Net, Net channel. And if it's your first time, we're lucky to have you, and welcome to the show. This is honestly one of the perfect times because Big3 stuff, I feel like now we're essentially in that offseason we've discussed in the past couple of shows, but we're kind of starting to see a little bit more things fly around here and we have a great f- show for you coming up today a couple things that have happened in the past couple of weeks or so that have really picked up here well we've had some splash alerts courtesy of, of big three news over there and our guy iso joe getting more interest around the at, around the league here as the nba finals are here in the swing of things yeah, definitely. So I guess let's start off in the timeline. So normally how things go, um, as soon as we release an episode, news comes out usually the day after or sometimes even the morning after. Um, but basically just a few days after the Chu Smith interview, uh, Ice Cube goes on Terrell Owens podcast and he drops some pretty major announcements. Keith. So the first one. Yeah, right. Yeah. So honestly, and these were some of the announcements that I've been waiting for for a long time. So basically the first one is that the Big Brother show was still happening. So we were kind of thinking, oh, well, maybe that was just a plan for quarantine. Maybe that's not really something that they still have in their future. Maybe it's just going to sort of return to normal. But nope, it's it's still happening. Not in my house is the name of the show. <laughs> I believe that's the one they're still going for. So it's going to air sometime before the 2021 season. So we will not have to wait until summer to get some big three action. So thank that's God. really, thank God, that's really cool. And then the next one is basically, you know, Tio was asking Ice Cube when exactly the big three season will take place. And honestly, Cube, Cube said that he didn't know. Um, he said he basically was waiting for the NBA and the NFL to sort of figure out their schedules, and then he would see where they fit somewhere in between. And honestly, Anthony, I'll tell you, this is a point I wanted to bring up. Have you seen the ratings for the NBA Finals this year? I've been kind of dabbling in them. Obviously, there's been three games, but it doesn't look like they're as good as they normally are. They're terrible. They're actually the worst in NBA history. 
Oh, wow. I didn't see that. Yeah. That's pretty yes. insane. Game one, I believe game one was down like 64% from, I want to say, 2018 or 2019. And then game two, I know for a fact, was like the worst game two in NBA Finals history. So obviously, if you ask 100 people, they're going to give you 100 different reasons as to why they think that is. But if there's one lesson that the big three should take from this is you don't go up against football. I mean, the NBA is just about as established of a league as you can get in this country, and they still are getting their butts beat by yeah. football. I mean, I saw a thing on ESPN, I think, on ABC was game one of the finals. On ESPN was like a BYU football game, and BYU had oh, higher wow. ratings than the, yeah, than the NBA finals. So, no way. you know, there's a ton of stuff that goes into it. But well, and I think part of it too yeah. is that not a lot of people are given the Heat, the Miami Heat, much of a chance in this one against the Los Angeles Lakers, who have essentially been the favorite the entire season, especially coming into the bubble. But you're right, going up against football. I mean, I remember the other night, and you know, especially here being overseas, I'm six hours ahead. I have to choose very wisely between the games, especially super late at night. It's either the Sunday night football games or the NBA games. And it's really hard to kind of make your decision there, especially being such a, fo- a, a country so dominated by American football there. So you're definitely right. Definitely don't want to go up against the NFL. And I think that's where Cube is kind of weighing his options on when to restart this thing. But it is cool that the Not In My House reality show is still a go. 110%. And then probably, and then the last thing, really big touch point that came out of this podcast was uh, – Terrell Owens re sort of asked if he could join the big three. And instead of the last time when he asked cube said only NBA players, we know that that rule has changed. So Terrell Owens cube said, which is actually interesting. So I want to examine this quote. So Terrell (laughs) Owens asked if he could be in the league and ice cube said it. He said, I'll, I'll read you the quote. He said, if you still want a ball in 2021, stay in shape and you can come be a part of this and make a team. That's the whole key is to make a team. Once you make a team, you're in. So what does that mean? I feel like it can go a lot of ways. You know, when, when I hear make a team, I think, oh, is T.O. going to be a captain and make his own team right. full of guys who aren't NBA players? That would be pretty dope. But I think, I think another interesting factor in that is once you're in, you know, make a team could just be you got, got to get drafted and get on a team and then show your work. Right. But it kind of sounds like Cube is expecting – or maybe he's thinking that if T.O. got in, he'd be playing for multiple nears. It, would, it wouldn't just kind of be a one-and-done thing, you know, because he says once you make a team, you're in. And to me, and, and how my head's working is that you're in not just for the one year, but you're in for however long you want to be in for. Yeah, I mean, I that's, that's definitely interesting. I don't know if you're examining like that, but. No, I mean, I think that's definitely true. I think that's that's very likely that's what, what that's what Cube said. The only reason why I sort of just raise an eyebrow to that quote is because we are so unsure of what these rosters are going to look like. You know, I, I've spoken to a number of big three players, established guys who have said that they are planning on rejoining or, you know, they're, they're staying in shape, they're getting ready. But the fact of the matter is nobody knows what the big three is going to look like. Mm-hmm. So depending on what details come back, depending on may depend on, you know, or, or may sway their decision. So, for instance, if if the big three is like we're going to do a bubble for a couple months, players might be like, yeah, I'm out. I'm not doing that. So maybe guys who were planning on playing weren't or or aren't going to. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. So if the mentality right now is, is, listen, Terrell Owens, if you can come with me and and as a captain, you bring two co-captains, I'm not going to say no to you. 
You know, that's almost sort of like what happened season one. Yeah, and I think uh, that, so, that bubble is, you know, it's not as enticing as... It's not. It's really, it's just not enticing at all. I saw something today where Chris Haynes said he had been in the bubble for 100 days. Oh, my god! And I thought, that looks, that sounds awful. I would yeah, definitely I mean, rather be ousted than win a championship at this point. That sounds horrible. I mean, I know. I mean, they, they said, you know, the bubble was really, like, taking a toll on these guys. Especially for, like, the months and months and months where, like, they weren't with their family or anything. Oh, my God. I, I mean, Jalen Brown said it best. He he was really taking a mental toll just from being in the bubble for so long. And I don't think a lot of us on imagine. the outside realize that. I could you know, imagine. We're just looking at them as forms of entertainment sometimes. I think we lose for granted or take for granted that these are people, too, that miss their families and don't want to be in the same spot for 100 days, over yeah. 100 days. I mean, that just sounds insane. So you're absolutely 100% right that guys could look at this thing. And while I don't think it would be 100 days, I do think that a lot of the reason the big three is enticing is that people are like, oh, it's just once a week. We just got to fly out somewhere, play a game, and then we get to leave. Okay, cool. That sounds great. Exactly. And so exactly. now you're talking about, oh, you play once a week, but you also got to stay there all week long and the next week yeah. and the next week. So you're right. We This could be a completely different big three for at least the upcoming year, and who knows how the future holds holds up. But at least for next year, it could look really different, like you said. For 110%. And so, then – no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll let you. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I did mention ISO Joe. Yes. You know, we did see him play in the first bubble, which was in the basketball tournament. We kind of set the foundation for how a bubble looks like. And although that one wasn't 100 days, I'm sure that one was very long too. But Joe Johnson, who actually posted a lot today on Instagram, looks like he's getting back in shape. He looks at basketball and, you know, told us that it's kind of his form of therapy. Well, he actually garnered a little bit of interest from the NBA following the TBT tournament where he averaged 22 points there and took his team to the semifinals where they ultimately were upset by sideline cancer. And I think the crazier part about Joe Johnson garnering interest, it's not just from the NBA. There's a chance that he said if he had to, he'd play overseas. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he's a hooper. He just wants to play basketball. Mm -hmm. And I think – you know, the only knock that he was having after playing the big three was like, oh, well, he's not going up and down the court. It's not 5v5, which, you know, you and I knew just from covering the big three that yeah. that doesn't really mean a whole lot. You know, basketball is basketball, and it's a very easy it's a very easy translation or transition, rather, especially for guys of Joe Johnson's talent. But, you know, guys who aren't into it, guys who aren't watching as much as us in the audience are, they might not know that. But now when you see Joe Johnson, the TBT getting buckets, you know, you don't really have an excuse anymore. Yeah. So if you're an NBA GM and you're thinking of reasons not to sign Joe Johnson, though that list of excuses is quickly fading. I mean, that man was on a completely other level against NBA or, or former NBA talent in the big three. And then he goes to the TBT, which perhaps isn't um, – you know, maybe doesn't have as many guys who have NBA experience, but the TBT has produced a ton of NBA level caliber. For example, uh, starting shooting guard from Miami Heat, Duncan Robinson in the NBA finals. Right. Um, but also too, a ton of guys who are playing overseas. So if Joe Johnson is one of the better players on a court of those guys, he can absolutely contribute for a team. He can absolutely be a steady presence in a locker room of a contender 
he can absolutely be brought into a rebuilding team to help the young guys. You know, I, I just see this as Joe Johnson, man. If you're the NBA, you're running out of excuses not to give this man a contract. Right. And I think the Pistons look back on all of that and see Joe Johnson balling. Not, I mean, they saw him ball in the big three, but then they look at him in the TBT playing five on five. Saw him a little bit in preseason and then look at how their season wound up and they're like, oh, well, we could have maybe used somebody who can go get their own shot, create their own shot, you know, be a scoring presence off the bench, whatever the case may be, a veteran leader. And are looking at that and kind of thinking, well, we might have had our one shot at Joe Johnson and, and might not have him again. Who knows what he could have brought to the table? So we'll see how it, it's interesting to follow Joe Johnson. I think ever since his big three season, he's just kind of had an interesting wild ride. But I think the biggest takeaway is the guy's a hooper. Doesn't matter where he does it or who he does it against. He just wants the ball and he wants the ball professionally. So cool to see that. And well, I know one guy who's at least rocking his jersey overseas. You know, if if you know what I'm saying. Okay. 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 You no, know, I'm rocking rocking the ISO Joe triplets jersey. So you know, I, Anthony, I'm glad that you brought up the triplets jersey that you're wearing right now. I am looking at it. It is fire. But as far as everyone else is concerned, is there any way that they might be able to see you rocking this jersey? Yeah, funny you should actually ask. We now have the option of our listeners becoming viewers and watching us on YouTube. So we've actually added oh. Yeah, we're actually adding some visuals and you can actually see the guys behind the mics now on YouTube. It's just gonna be youtube.com slash fourth man pod, just like the Twitter is. So it's really going to be easy to find, but we're super excited about it, and we're kind of kind of kick it off here with a cool guest, a guy named Matthew Geist, who's actually better known as Six Rings to Steal on YouTube, very very well known within the 2K community, does a lot of rebuilds, and we're super excited to have him on. So without further ado, appreciate everyone who's tuned into this half of the episode, and here is Matthew Geist, aka Six Rings to Steal. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube, because now we can say that. We can say that because we're officially YouTubers. Like and subscribe. subscribe. All right. Well, let's just jump into it here. We're excited to get the YouTube portion of our podcast up and going and excited to have one of our first few guests on here via Zoom. Matthew Geis, otherwise known on YouTube as Six Rings of Steel. Matthew, appreciate you coming on the show, man. I, we know you got a lot going on and obviously crazy times. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Excited for this. Excited to talk. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So... I think the biggest thing that stands out is obviously what you're doing within the NBA 2K career. You know, we definitely want to jump into to 2K and everything going on between 2K21 and the next gen. But the biggest thing is that you kind of get to do this YouTube thing full time. So how did this all kind of begin? Where did you start um, when it came to making videos and, and being in within 2K? Uh, so I was, I was 14 in like ninth grade and I used to watch a lot of YouTube in like, like the end of middle school. And I used to watch, I don't know if anybody knows any of these guys of like Blink Fro or Prado Lumberjack. They used to do like a lot of franchise or Maddens back in like 2012 or Dread Silver Kid. And I was like, that's super cool. I felt like I never wanted to be like a sports commentator, but I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. I play franchise all the time. It'd be cool if like actually people like followed along with it. So I... I got uh, enough money saved up on Nelgo. Uh, had like a laptop at the time. I was making videos on there, um, and then yeah, I just started making Madden, Madden uh, 25, and NBA 2K14. It was right when the current gen consoles just came out in 2014, around February, and I 
I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was like something I was doing passionately. I would get 30 views a video, I would say throughout the first year, 30 to 40. I think I took home, I was with like Machinima at the time. I took home, I think like 60 bucks in my first year hey. after doing it for like hours a day. Uh, so that was like, it, but I did it for fun and I really enjoyed it. And then over time, like branch out a little bit to MB and then mainly in like 2015, I started doing rebuilds. Um, and then those kind of took off a bit and I was like, oh, okay, I can actually like do this, like, and make money off it and maybe not have to work a job going through or going through high school. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I started. Um, but I would say the big like turning point was when I started doing rebuilds. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with CSB. Where have I heard that from? I definitely have heard that somewhere, but I don't so, know. So yeah, he did, familiar. he did like rebuilds. He did two of them back in like early stage of 2K15, but he didn't upload for a couple months after that. I think he was like on a break or something. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good idea. He never really took off with it. I was like, let me start doing these. And I did them. And they would, I would go from getting 800 views a video at the time, maybe 900 to start doing like nine, 10,000. And I was like, okay, these are, these are doing well on YouTube. So I kept doing those. And then over time, I kind of just grew into it. I kind of made it a staple of my channel. And that's where I am today. And um, 200,000, whatever, 266,000 subs later, basically because I started rebuilds back in uh, 2K14, I don't think I would have been uh, nearly as big if I didn't do them then. That's awesome. That's dope. Two things I took away from that. One, the ML game, MLB games used to be super dope. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if the show was still the same like it used to, but that used to be my biggest thing. And two, you were already making, I mean, this is pretty much your job already outside of high school. So while most people probably get some kind of like restaurant job or retail job, you're already making YouTube videos <laughs> for money. Yeah. Uh -oh. I, I did. I worked as a cashier. I'm stocking in a um in a grocery store back in tenth grade, and then I was doing that on YouTube at the same time. And then I I kind of like stopped doing that. Did YouTube. Um, I worked for some companies here and there. I worked for uh, Fidelity Investments because I'm a finance major past summer, so I was doing that and YouTube, which was a lot, but it wasn't too bad because that job was remote due to COVID. Uh, but yeah, like I I know a lot of people, like especially my friends, would be like. Like a lot of people were like, I don't even know why you're going to school. You should try to make this full time and try to make this something. And I don't know, like I, I wanted to be like that, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in that basket. And I was like, I, I knew I was going to get my degree. Um, and I think I'm going to get a finance job after college and attempt to do both. It's possible to do both. It's a, it's a lot, but it's definitely possible. We can tell you're a finance major. You're always making the smart move, you know. That's awesome. I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, growing up, I was, a, I was a kid. I feel like our generation was really, uh, you know, raised on YouTube. And I know for me, the big guy for me growing up was Chris Smoove. I absolutely yeah. love oh, yeah. Chris Smoove. Of course, yeah. Of um, you know, you just, we used to just go out and we'd be like, shot clock cheese or like, you know, <laughs> give that guy a map. And it was crazy. But honestly, for me, you know, not to brown nose too much, but six rings of steel is basically, you know, it's, it's a daily tradition for me, you know, I'll sort of wind down and I'll you know, go on my phone and I'll watch whatever rebuild or whatever video you had posted for that day. So I'm honestly, this is a huge deal for me that we were able to get you on the podcast. So I guess my question for you would be, you know, what, what was sort of that learning curve like for YouTube? You know, what, what did you have to improve upon from the beginning? What, what did you learn worked? What didn't, how did you continue to steadily improve to where you are now? Okay. Yeah. And first, like, I appreciate you watching me. That's super cool. And uh, second, I would say like, when I started, like, I would have, like, I would talk 
very like quiet in the mic. I would like kind of clutter over my words a lot and I wouldn't edit that out. And then I wouldn't really even have a face cam. And I would say just over time, like being more comfortable on camera is pretty huge. And then I, I just enjoyed it because I have like a bunch of friends that tried to do YouTube because um, they saw what I did and they're like, oh, like that's super cool. And they try it and like, like great, like go for it. But you, once they get the 30 views a day, they're like, all right, how do you do this? So like, that's what I did. My first year, I averaged 30 views a video. I would say even maybe the first year and a half of uploading six times a week. And just because I enjoyed it, um, it helped that I was in 10th grade rather than kind of college where you have to devote all the time to schoolwork. So it's hard to kind of start up YouTube if you really don't have like somebody huge that could shout you out and already build you a following or stuff like that. So I would say definitely just being like dedicated to it and enjoying it was huge. I like now, I think when I was younger, I enjoyed it a lot more than I do now, just because I, I did it just for fun. Now, like it's, it's kind of not like a job, but I feel like it's something I got to think about every day, which sure. it is what it is though. Like I'm playing, I'm playing video games and making money. If that's going to be mm. the burden on it, let it be. So uh, I would just say, yeah, like being, being just determined in the beginning was huge and not, not quitting. Cause I, I was going to quit a couple of times just because like, uh, like I was getting 30 views, 50 views a video. So I was like, you know, like it was fun. I'm glad I tried it, but maybe it wasn't for me. And I'm, I'm really glad I didn't quit it. And so now what about, so you talk about going to school for finance, obviously a whole lot of your stuff, as you said, was about rebuilding these teams and basically working as a general manager. Is that something that you want to do in real life at all work for an MBA front office sort of rebuild teams yeah I mean that was like middle of sophomore year to about the end of last school year so I would say middle of 2018 to the end of 2019 uh start of 2020 I would say I wanted to do that mm -hmm. and I would go to these scouting conferences I went out to like Vegas I did one at the Barclays Center uh through a group called TPG Sports um and then I did like the sports business classroom. I was going to go like out to California again in the summer, but then I don't know, like, I, like basketball's amazing. And like, I love it. And I would love to work in it. It's just very hard. And I realized that I, I, I love basketball as much as the next person and everybody does. And it's such a competitive industry to get into, but it's just really hard to get into it. And even if you have to like, it's hard, especially if you don't go to like an Ivy League school, or you don't have connections. Right. It's a huge connection industry. Uh, that's how a lot of people get their jobs in it. So I was like, I know there was a, um, cause I'll use an example. I think his name, is it Brock Allen? It was somebody that was just hired by the Knicks. He had no basketball background, I believe, but he worked for Bank of America as a financial consultant. So I was like, I enjoyed finance. I liked the financial aspect of basketball, just of sports, of baseball, football. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to do that for a living. And if there's an opportunity where you can trans, uh, like go from transition from finance to MBA, I'll do that. But I'd rather not like put my, all my eggs into one basket, working, making 20K a year after I graduate, 30K a year and never make it in the NBA or maybe make it when I'm 38 years old. And it's like, I love basketball, but I don't know if I enjoy it that much where <laughs> I don't want to like, like capitalize on what I could be doing elsewhere. Right. And that's what I'm going to probably be doing in finance. That's why I chose finance. That makes complete sense. Well, I do want to say by no means am I trying to compare the two, but YouTube is also a pretty competitive industry. And mm -hmm. while you say the NBA and the basketball industry would be hard to jump into, I mean, it's pretty, you're kind of already in that, that competitive industry where it's tough to get your, get your foot in the door. So I think if there's anybody that could do it, someone that's already been able to, to take on that tough step and, and really insert themselves in, into kind of this uh, big falling and, and make this a career for themselves. So 
Um, if anything, you know, that's something you could always harp on. It's like, oh, I did it for YouTube. Maybe I can yeah, true. take that next step. But Anthony wants that assistant GM position. Uh, yeah, that's, exactly, that's, what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get out here. Oh, just, yeah. just make sure you remember me. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's jump into 2K a little bit. Because obviously there's a lot going on within 2K right now. NBA 2K21 just jumped out. Initial thoughts just on the game. Um, what I expected uh, <laughs> when 2K14 came out on the 360 before uh, Xbox One or when it came out on PS3 before PS4 came out, it was a kind of a carbon copy of the previous game. Minor changes, obviously. Uh, my team's a lot bigger now, so they were able to maybe make new cards. There's a new My Curse story it's honestly not that bad i thought 2k was going to be a little bit less fun to play 2k21 but it's not too bad and i think for it basically being 2k20.5 as expected it's not that bad for what we're going to get in november because we're going to get pretty much a whole new game because 2k14 was huge it introduced my league it introduced my gm a whole new my career story uh i'm not sure how big my, um, my team was at the time but that's basically kind of around the time where also park became a thing i believe a wreck mode so i think we're going to see some big changes in 2k21 on next gen um and we only have about a month a month and a couple weeks or about mm -hmm. a month and a week until next gen comes out so i think it'll be a, a newer game uh hopefully uh do you guys play it at all do you guys notice or are you guys happy with 2k21 yeah so well, yeah you'll go ahead anthony well i was gonna say i think yeah. we both play 2k i mean i i was really one of those people who like really tried to dive in into it heavy when the 2k league came out especially you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to try to make the league and, and all this stuff. And yeah. I just never really had the time to even put into just winning 50 games to get into the combine. Obviously, that's evolved greatly. Mm -hmm. But as far as 2K21, something I didn't know if I was going to get just because, you know, next gen was coming out and seemed like it was kind of pointless because everything is going to reset anyways. But like you said, honestly, it hasn't been that bad. It's weird to think that this is really the first 2K that doesn't have like new rookies or the transactions yeah. haven't happened. I mean, like you said, just a carbon copy of the game. But overall, it's been fun. What I've realized as I've gotten older is that I am getting worse and worse by each 2K. Um, I think that's me too. <laughs> and the shooting is extremely too. difficult on this game. Oh my, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Yeah. Like if I go in, like if I do, let's say a my league and then it's game seven of the finals, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play this fourth quarter. I can't make a shot. Like, <laughs> the, I, it's, it's yeah. pointless. Well, I was going to say too, the pie charts, like, I, I can't master that at all. Oh. I can't figure out. Yeah. I want a certain player, but the, the pie charts are just not allowing me. So, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully when the next gen console comes out, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, obviously the graphics are really good. Um, that was kind of recently released. What are your thoughts on just the the new graphics and it being on, you know, the next generation console here? Yeah, I I think they leaked them today or they came out yeah. today. I don't know if you guys saw it. Yeah, they looked really good. Yeah. Like they look like it could that be That video like of Luca running down the tunnel. Mm -hmm. That looks so real. I mean, I already have. Uh, and yep. Sorry, I was just going to say, because you mentioned it, I forgot to mention my league because, like, I feel like all the other modes are fine. But my league, like, a little disappointed. Like you said, no rookies. That kind of sucked. They start on the, it starts on December 7th. There's no 2020 offseason. I actually so think weird. they did a really like, bad job on my league. Actually, I think my team was fine. My career was fine. My GM is my league, I think, was actually pretty bad. Well, I'm glad that you said that because that's actually a question I wanted to ask you. So for me personally, I wait, I'm going to wait and get to get 2K21 until the next gen comes out because I wait for guys like you and Kenny and Click to get 2K and sort of play it for a couple of weeks before I buy it. I never buy it on launch. 
And then when I saw that, because I, I, all I really play is my league, when I saw they were missing the rookies and sort of they didn't really have the bubble or anything, I was like, all right, I got to wait to get this. But from your perspective, I guess you, you, you kind of got to get creative around that, right? When really all of your or a ton of your content is just based around, you know, bringing in these, look, these rookies. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I feel like you're almost playing with like one hand tied behind your back when you do some of these rebuilds, because especially in the first beginning when they wouldn't allow community uploads. So you couldn't even get in like the rookies and then 2020 free agency was all messed up and all this stuff. So how, how did you sort of get creative and work around that? Yeah, definitely. It, it kind of it sucked at first because like, <laughs> like you said, you weren't even allowed to download rookies. So I would have to do first couple of rebuilds with auto-generated rookies. And I, I don't blame you. That was smart. Like I like wouldn't want to buy the game either because it's basically 2K20 in my league. It's the same thing. So you can actually download draft classes in 2K20. So you were able to just play that because I know, I know Crispy, another My League YouTuber, he he went just only on 2K20 when 2K21 was out for rebuilds. So it, it definitely does stink. I think one thing that helped was when 2K21 launched, uh, there was a lot of NBA news. Like I know the Bucks were eliminated. So there was a whole Giannis, will he come back? The Rockets were out. We're like, okay, should they blow it up? So I was able to make some content off that. I uh, Building around James Harden, not or building around Giannis, excuse me, not letting him walk or trading James Harden, trying to blow that up um, and stuff like that. I think that was pretty big. And I think, I mean, it kind of stinks with the bubble as the draft, I believe is until November 18th. So mm -hmm. the draft content won't be out for at least another month and a half. That'll be on next gen. I think they said free agency might be in the beginning of December or the like absolute end of November, which is in about a month and a half, month and three weeks from now. So that kind of stinks. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of got to get creative until that point, I would say at least till next gen comes out. So during a time like this, where it's obviously unprecedented and unlike anything we've expected. Is this a time maybe where you try to find that balance between enjoying 2K and also creating content? Or is that ship kind of just sailed and you're just like, I'm strictly just kind of a my league guy? I mean, do you play a lot of my team, my career? Yeah, so I, for the first time, I've been uploading my career and I've actually had pretty, uh, a lot of fun with it. And for the first time, I am uploading kind of my GM consistently. I did it back in 2K18, but. Uh, kind of for the first time since then, I am enjoying it a lot. Um, and it is fun, I, I would say. And it's nice to not have to play my league every single day. I know last year at this time, I was trying to make more NBA related content where I was doing like top tens uh, or break one breakout player from each team at like the start of last year's season. Uh, so I don't know if I'll go back to that, but I think like doing NBA style videos are also really fun. I know in the off season, they'll be big because I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more Buddy Heel rumors and a lot of um, Chris Paul rumors. So yeah, one one rumor I actually heard today was about Gian. I think it was Giannis and Harden teaming up. Just thought that things are getting crazy right now. It's, it's <laughs> just like <laughs> insane speculation at this point. Mm -hmm. So being well, no, that's not <laughs> happening. I, I would I would cry if that happened. I hear a lot of like Harden to the Sixers too, which is you know. And he's a big Harden guy, so he's really tuned in on what's happening with Harden. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm probably Sixers one of the few possible. out there. It'd be interesting, you know, I think maybe with D'Antoni, you know, I think Doc Rivers being fired from the Clippers and then now being, I, I guess it's Glenn Rivers now, joining joining the Sixers kind of hurt D'Antoni's chances, which in turn maybe hurt Harden's chances of coming there. But I guess it's mm -hmm. possible. Who knows? So being a Big Three related podcast, you know, not sure how much you've watched the Big Three or, or checked it out. But I, I will say that one thing that we've heard, I think over the first three years, 
uh, its existence is that people would love to potentially see a game. I think it would just be cool maybe as like an option you could play in in 2K. Now, I know they obviously have blacktop where a lot of people like three on three. But what would be your thoughts just in terms of a big three game? Or do you think it'd be something better off as like an option that you could pick or, or play in um, on 2K? I think a game would be really fun. Now, I don't know. Um, I don't know, like, if an in-game option, like you said, would work because I don't know if the NBA would want to be with the blacktop because <laughs> I guess it's, like, their one competitor. True. Um, so I don't think, yeah, that would happen. But I think a game would be fun. I don't know, obviously, like, their financials, if that's something they could do um, because they would have to make a good game that people would want to play uh, because you looked at NBA Live, they were, I would say, a little bit bigger than 2K prior to 2010, and then 2K really made just better graphics, overall gameplay, and then NBA Live kind of fell off. Um, so I would just say if it's fun, like definitely, I think Blacktop's huge in 2k, especially like me and my friends, we play Blacktop all the time and we're like over someone's place. So I think that'd be really fun. A big three game. I don't know, like if it's going to, if it would have to be as big as 2k, like maybe if it's 1999, you play, I don't know. Like, do you think there would be a season mode in that? Um, obviously not a franchise mode because there's no draft, but a season mode maybe, or maybe free agency. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, you, I guess you could kind of do all of that. Just be a little bit shortened. And I think even like a, my career would be kind of shortened too, but yeah. maybe it needs a few more years of life before, you know, even inserting something like that, but it would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So one question that I had for you too, which was, I was interested to hear your answer to this is you've simulated the season in your lifetime and your YouTube career, probably how, yeah, I mean, hundreds, thousands of times, right. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you ever gotten a simulation where like whatever happened in that season and you know we don't have to go by wins percentage or whatever but champion let's say or even like finals matchup like that happened in real life um funny you say that i'm gonna try to find uh my twitter but like all of them like i I do so many i don't really kind of like remember each one but i know a little bit ago somebody like tweeted at me that i did a rebuild i think it was my small ball rockets rebuild Mm -hmm. back when they traded for robert covington and traded away clint capella and it was like the exact same Western Conference order and like a very similar Eastern Conference um, standings, which I think was pretty cool. Uh, I'll try to find the photo as I talk about it. But either way, like I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I would say nothing crazy. Like maybe if I went back and watched my 2K17 rebuilds, I could see that Giannis was a two-time MVP later on or Luka became really good uh, with like importing draft classes. But I, I wouldn't say anything like that I specifically remember mm-hmm. that definitely happened. Any like sort of transactions? I feel like maybe that would be even just more likely you making a trade and a guy being traded to a team that ultimately ends up happening um, in real um, life there. I feel like that's got to be. I feel like I should know that definitely. I know like if that's got to be. That's got to be yeah, a video coming out then. If Chris Paul <laughs> goes to the Thunder, I definitely may – or excuse me, if Chris Paul goes to the Sixers, I definitely made Chris Paul to the Sixers videos um, back in like – back in like November – uh, so maybe that's a little bit of a prediction, but I mean, if, if Katie and Kyrie went to the Knicks, then maybe I would have had a lot <laughs> happen at all. So, uh, yeah, I really couldn't say much there. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap. Uh, well, actually I have a question. Let's talk Knicks because you're sort of, I was actually you're going a on the same guy. Page. Yeah. You have, uh, a ton of experience doing it. So let's go ahead. So your pitch for general manager, let's say if they decide to make another, front office change how are you rebuilding this team got the eighth pick right now pretty interesting 
group of guys there right now. I mean, yeah, what would be your pitch right there? I think you don't like you don't trade for Chris Paul before we get in the draft. Before you don't trade for Chris Paul unless you're not giving up any major asset. If Kevin Knox is the biggest asset you give up, fine. Do not give up first round picks for one of the worst contracts in the week. Still, it's still a bad contract. They want to trade them. Or they are OKC wants to get off the contract. Don't give up anything. It does, it's not the end of the world if they don't get Chris Paul. I see. I would like a point guard in this offseason, somebody that you can actually build with RJ Barrett. And I don't know if Devin Vassell is that guy at eight uh, as a small forward out of Florida State. I, I, I am a big Cole Anthony guy compared to most, but it is risky taking Cole Anthony if you're the Knicks because they need to land on one of these picks. Their last draft picks uh, before RJ was Frank and Knox and as much as I like Frank, both of them have been failures so far. They really haven't proven that they're top 10 picks in the league, let alone NBA starters. So I, would, I wouldn't really make a trade. I would just rebuild like a normal team. Draft either Cole Anthony or Devin Vassell at eight. Both, at least one will be there at eight. Both probably will be there at eight. And uh, I would just build around RJ, that pick, and Mitchell Robinson. They have, I believe, the 27th pick in the draft from the Clippers. They'll have the 38th pick, I uh, believe as well, which I think is via Charlotte. And you just have Tom Thibodeau develop these guys. You have, let's say they draft Cole Anthony. You have Cole Anthony, RJ Barrett. You're still going to play Kevin Knox. I don't know if they're going to bring back Reggie Bullock or Mo Harkless. Uh, they'll have Joyce Randall unless they could trade him. Cause I would like to trade him because he's going <laughs> to steal reps from RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson and the first round pick and everyone else that deserves like actually shots uh, <laughs> over Joyce Randall. Build around Mitchell Robinson, not start a 34 year old Taj Gibson over Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> but I think Tom Thibodeau is definitely the best coach we have had in a minute. So I think, I think we're like just let next year play out. It's a loaded 2021 draft. Even they're probably not going to get lucky in next year's lottery again, but even if they end up with the seventh pick next year, the sixth pick in the lottery, something like that, there's loads of talent. There's Isaiah Todd, there's Dave Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. Mm -hmm. There'll be a guy for their, for them at six that they'll need or wherever they're picking in the top 10. They'll probably have a top 10 pick next year. I would just keep building through the draft. 2021 is a really good free agency. Maybe you could convince someone, but don't hate, hate yourselves if you can't. Keep building through 2022. Even if you're bad again, add another draft pick. And then hopefully a core of Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, your 2020 first round pick, your 2021 first, um, and maybe your 2022 first can do something in 2023. I think that might be the time frame around 2023 is where they could be uh, a respectable Eastern Conference team. When I'm like, when I mean respectable, I, I like, I mean, I mean, like winning a playoff series, uh, not winning 38 games and making the eight seed. But I think they should just develop their team through the draft. Don't make any crazy trades and just rebuild like a normal team. Just build through your draft, sign free agents that actually complement your players that you want to build around, like RJ Barrett. Get them shooters. Get them uh, defensive players that can help them out on that side of uh, that side of the ball. So I would say just yeah, build through the draft. Don't make any crazy moves just because you're New York and just yeah, grind it out. I think Knicks fans would agree with you there. And, hey, I think the cool part about you doing all the rebuilds is if anyone knows the 2020 free agency class or the 2021 draft class, it's you. I mean, as many times as you've probably been through it and, and ran through the different scenarios that could happen. So um, I think that Knicks fans would ultimately be happy if you were their GM. But, you know, we'll see what happens there with their with their current setup. But, 
do want to say we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story and, and, and your thoughts just about, you know, the current state of basketball. Want to open up the floor to you. Do you have anything coming up or going on that maybe listeners or people watching the show should be looking into or watching out for? Um, I would just say uh, just still doing my, my stuff on YouTube, uh, my career, my GM, my league, um, basically. So what I've been doing. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. That was super fun to do. Really appreciate you guys having me on today. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time, Matthew. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.